0: Welcome to Bazookt! I'm Livia Snedden, And I'm Rob Olson. We are in our lazy summer of podcasting, and today we're bringing you another interlude with a very special guest, Mr. Frank Edler from the Bazookt. Bazookt? Bazong? No, no. Bazong. Bazong. We're Bazookt. Tonight we are, we're Bazookt. I, I, there's the word Bazookt on my screen, and so that's why. But anyway, <laughs> Frank's here. Frank, welcome, to, uh, welcome back to Booked.
1: All right, I'm back. I'm ready to talk about G.G. Allen again.
2: There you go. This is what I'm talking about. got to bring the energy, Rob. Did you hear that? This man is energetic.
0: I mean, you guys have so much energy, I can kind of offset it with, with no energy, I think, and then it'll all balance out, right?
2: I believe that's exactly how it works. Hmm. Um, for uh, listeners who may not be familiar with Frank, Frank, I'm going to do your bio because, man, I went to Amazon to get your bio. Oh, and, uh,
1: my new bio, yeah.
2: I'm not I'm not sure uh it needs I'm not sure we could do that. <laughs> so Frank is um the author of such great titles as Brats in Hell and Oh god, what was the other one? See how prepared I am for this?
1: Death gets a book.
2: Death gets a book. He is also the host of the Bazong podcast. And I don't know, I feel like this is a touchy subject, but formerly the host of Bookspear and Bullshit. Can I say formerly is that is that
1: you know, it's it's sort of like an unofficial, just hanging in the air type of thing. I don't want to call it, I don't want to call it dead, but you know, it's 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 certainly been a long time since uh, Books, Beer, and Bullshit has done anything.
2: It has been uh, uh in October will be one year, I believe. We we covered this on our Booked Live when we went went October. digging. October? <laughs> oh boy, yeah, October will be a year, buddy.
1: Oh God! All right.
0: Or Rob, was it was it two years? No, it was a year, right? I think it was a year. I don't 100% remember. All I have to say is, like, I think if you go more than, like, four months, it's an official hiatus. Maybe probably even just two months is a hiatus. Um, If you get beyond, like, six months, either it's gross negligence or you're (laughs) in a coma or that show's dead.
1: We'll go by the, the book standard, then yeah that, <laughs> that shit's dead is what he's trying to say <laughs>
2: anyway um but dude i did not realize um how many episodes there are of bazong am i correct in saying there are 76 episodes
1: 76 episodes yes sir
2: holy shit man um you have really been cranking it out over there
1: yep nearly nearly every week uh i you know around the holidays i take off a. Uh, a week in Christmas, and uh, just this past uh, uh, week, I had to skip a week due to some problems, but nearly every week, yes. Well over a year I've been recording the show. Tell us how you came to
2: do... Well, to first, explain to the listeners what Bazong is in the event they have not heard it, and then kind of tell us how you got into that.
1: Well, Bazong is the the Bizarre and Weird Fiction podcast. Uh, Basically, I I, I love Bizarro Fiction. Uh, It's been covered here on Book at some points. And uh, I'm really doing a podcast focused on Bizarro Fiction. Uh, Every week I have, uh, almost every week, I have a a guest on who's a writer or some sort of figure in Bizarro. And we basically have a, a long, lengthy conversation about the writing, about the genre, and, and and stuff like that. And I've been doing it for about a year and a half now on the Project Entertainment Network, the same network that hosts Brian Keane's enormously successful podcast. And uh, so I kind of ride those coattails, but Bazong's doing pretty well on its own.
2: That's, uh, that's awesome. I think a little later we're going to have some questions about that because I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how a network. Because, you know, Rob and I, we're, we're so exclusive, like we pretty much refuse to acknowledge other podcasts exist.
0: Right. Yeah, that's, that's like one of the cornerstones of our, our podcast is we're the only podcast, yeah. Which, incidentally, I do want to say that while Livius or Frank, one of you, came up with Bazookt, I was even taken a little aback by the fact that the Bizong part went first. So, I um <clears throat> I was going to recommend Bukong. But um it's a, more? it's a little it's a little late for Bukong, I think. <laughs> that's that's some hot seat shit right there, Rob. Bukong. Biz All right, Bizuk is so much better than Bukong.
1: <laughs> like, we'll say, it, sounds a lot less like something that would happen in a pornography as opposed to a Bookong. That's
2: a that's an excellent point. I'm gonna go. Well, I mean, it all depends. Like we all see the things that that we want. Like Rob goes for weird porn, and <laughs> I and you you actually came right, up I with mean, the song. So all I did was kind of cop that I mean, from you.
0: All I'm gonna say is like I, I'm I, one of one of the two hosts of Booked is looking out for the interests of the podcast. That's all I'm saying.
1: I, th- <laughs> I think the. The power of booked is in the o o k e d part with the period, you know. I think that's really like where where your power comes from, and then the bazong heavily on the on the biz part. So then it, it it melds together perfectly that way. Not to. I would
2: like to say that I'm ridiculously proud of the period in booked. I don't know if we've ever actually talked about this like out loud, but that's my favorite part of our of our name.
0: <laughs> I think you are the one that. Um really pushed it when we came up with the title for the podcast and um we've taken a lot of criticism for it over the years and um especially david james keaton really not a big fan of the period at the end of the of booked
2: it's it's i will tell you it's hell on like if you're text messaging something because then the next word always gets capitalized so it's like extra effort maybe that's what keaton was complaining about
1: i admire your dedication to the period over the the years how many years has booked been on now
0: Six uh, six years, four months today. Yeah. Yeah, because it's the first, yeah, six years, four months. Yeah. Yep.
2: So yeah, we've been do, we've been doing this for a while. But we're not here to talk about us, Frank. I mean we're gonna do it because that's just in our nature, but we're here to talk about you. So it's probably a good time to talk. We're talking about podcasts and other podcasts and stuff. Tell us about being on a on a network podcast group. Because although I understand the concept. Um, I understand what it is. I guess I, I, I struggle to to find like what that what that does for your podcast or or what you do for the network specifically.
1: Um, there's a lot of benefits for myself. Most importantly, I don't have to pay for hosting. <laughs> That's on on the network shoulders. Um, but that also. Because they're covering hosting and and uh, you know whatever bandwidth gets used, it's also on me to <laughs> provide numbers to provide listeners. Because it is an advertising-backed podcast network. So what Project Entertainment Network does is is they provide the hosting. They uh, and you know it's up to me to do the shows. I have complete freedom to do bazong as I wish. Uh, my only stipulation is that. Uh, there is a network-wide sponsor that I, I have to do a spot for each and every show, and, uh, and any additional advertising, which I have not gotten yet, particularly in my show, but other shows have gotten, you know, single-episode advertising, you're responsible for doing that. And outside of that, the benefit is also being on a network, like I said, I mean, first and foremost is the horror show with Brian Keene, which gets really... You know, I don't know the specific number. We're, we're talking, uh, I'm thinking around well over 50,000 listens a month to that particular show, which also has, you know, all the Project Entertainment Network tags attached to it. So everything gets recognized as the network there. Uh, there's also three guys with beards with as uh, John Mayberry, uh, Christopher, not Christopher Moore, one of the Christopher, I don't know, there's three guys on there that are golden. And,
2: they all have, and they all have beards, <laughs> I believe, right? Yeah. It's, it's and there, and Christopher and Golden Christopher is who you're we looking for. <laughs> yeah.
1: Jonathan, I really remember Jonathan Mayberry. And uh, they're a big, big podcast uh, bringing tons of listeners to the network. And, and so, you know, piggybacking off of that, especially early on when I joined the network, there's a lot of people that just because I'm on the network are going to check out Bazong, listen to what it's all about now (laughs) obviously when you talk about bizarre and weird stuff it ain't everybody's cup of tea but uh i have the thing i love about doing bizong is i i do it because i love bizarre fiction i want to you know bring awareness to it and and talk to these people and what what's happened is there's been people coming in there have been people discovering it and uh so many people have have come to me and said I I didn't know what this stuff was and now I'm reading all this stuff and it's great and thank you very much so that's a big benefit to not only me but of course the genre of Bizarro so those are the type of things that uh, being on a podcast network help out with as, as far as the show goes. Did
0: you hear that little altruistic moment where he was he's he's given back to the to the genre?
1: Yeah, I mean. I
2: Bizarro's interesting in that f- as a genre, it um, it just has to be weird. Like if it's weird enough, it, it fits. So you can have um, funny, you can have just disgusting. you can have horror that mm-hmm. kind of falls into that category. So I think for somebody who's not in tune to it, if they're if they're picking it up because, They've been listening to um, Christopher Golden, for example, you know, talk about, you know, they're kind of like him and Mayberry, kind of like the, the light horror, I would say. Um, Mayberry does a lot of kind of action-y stuff, too. Uh, to tune into your podcast has is, is got to be an eye-opening experience after after uh, the the type of listeners that we'd be drawn to Mayberry's podcast.
1: Maybe? I don't know, because I always feel like the conversations I have with the, the bizarre writers... Are not really necessarily all that weird. I mean, it doesn't. It's not like a, a wacky morning zoo. Here's your cue, but it's not like a wacky morning zoo, and, and it's an out of control thing. I mean, we have. I, I I always say that Bazong is also serves as my my writing school, and you know, part of the reason why I was doing it is is to have the ability to talk to people writing Bizarro, and I do it week after week, and I'm basically picking their brains and trying to get advice. So, you know, there there's that. And it, the conversations we have are kind of normal. It's just like, oh, what are you doing with yeah. Oh, how, What's going on with the cons? Sure, there's some weird things we talk about. And if I'm picking apart, you know, somebody's book in particular, something cool like that. But I, I think sort of what is helping make it accessible to people who aren't necessarily familiar with it is the fact that it is kind of like... Oh, they're not these wacky people that I'm a little scared of. They're they're just normal people trying to write good books, essentially.
2: I'm pretty sure they're just really weird people, but we'll take it for your word. I'm not <laughs> I'm not that familiar with with all the names that you've interviewed. But... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I know I know, and I've listened to a few episodes, and yeah, I mean content-wise, like book content, is what I was referring to. Because yeah, you guys do talk about really normal normal things, and you know you've got. You know, other writers talking to somebody who's a writer, which I think is great. But I have to imagine that if somebody wants to dig into one of your books and they're coming from Mayberry, uh, they're going to they're going to be a little surprised.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, too, because I I I try to I don't feel what I write is necessarily bizarre. It has bizarro elements to it, but I, I don't feel like what I know bizarre. I don't really think I'm writing real bizarre. I'm writing more like horror comedy. But I'm the guy doing the Bizarre podcast, so by default I'm getting you know labeled as Bizarro, and that's just fine because there are those elements. It is a bit weird, um, so but there's also I, I don't really want to call it a stigma, but there is a sort of stigma involved with with getting that tag of Bizarro on it because you you really become v- extremely niche. Like you said, you don't recognize all the names readily uh, of the people I'm um, interviewing. But if you're into Bizarro and the whole scene, most of those names should be at least, you know, familiar to you. If you're not necessarily familiar with the work, you should know the names of the people involved. So it is, it is a bit tricky, too, because you get that Bizarro tag on your work and it, it, you become real, real niche.
2: All right, so there's a there's a whole list of people, and I'm gonna put you a little bit on the spot. Give us a couple of your favorite guests you've had so far.
1: Favorite guests? Well, I always love me some Danger Slater. He's, I, I think, just a fantastic writer, beyond bizarre. He's he really needs to get. He's up for he just it just got announced he's a finalist for the Wonderland Book of the Year Award, which is basically the Book of the Year Award for Bizarro Books uh, for a book called I Will Rot Without You. I thought it was brilliant and far beyond, you know, the, the weirdness of, of Bizarro. It's just an incredible story. So I, I'm, I love Danger Slater. He, he was my first guest on the podcast. Um, when I started the podcast, he actually lived in New Jersey, and, and I, I've been able to hang out with him a bunch of times. and He's actually recorded the show He's been on the show three times and twice from my house face to face. The only person I've recorded like that. Uh, so I love Danger Slater. Um, there's, of course, Carlton Mellick, the third you've you've covered his books on your show. He's the you know,
0: Yeah, he flat out refused to do our show. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, he doesn't he, he did not want to talk to us. <laughs> he just
1: doesn't, I had a I had a yeah, I'll do your show. And then he just doesn't get back to you. And then. Rose O'Keefe, of course, just a, a brilliant woman who just knows her stuff about publishing. Um, I, I had the opportunity to talk to her. I had the opportunity to interview John Skip, of all people, just a, a big, huge figure, not only in Bizarro, but just in, I mean, in movies, in, in, in horror fiction, splatterpunk fiction. And in,
0: in standing near bathrooms in and old it, boats.
1: Yes, he's a... <laughs> He does all that wonderfully. So, yeah, I mean, those are all, I mean, I could rattle off names if you want me to keep going.
2: No, no, that's good. Like we said about Rose O'Keefe, and and we we had her on a few years ago, Um, and not only is she wonderful to talk to, but I don't know that she gets the credit that she deserves. And I I don't want to say she created Bizarro Fiction, because I don't think that's true, but I think she's the reason there's a genre called Bizarro Fiction.
1: Which is a pretty
2: impressive thing to. to, I don't know that she'd ever put it on her resume, but if I was working on it, I I definitely would put it on hers.
1: Yeah, I I think everybody would agree with you that you know everybody thinks she should be credited with the you know not creating it, but championing it, championing it. But uh, you know when I when I interviewed her when I spoke to her, she's not she does not want to take credit at all for that. And she tries to distance herself from, from taking credit in that way at all. She's, you know, she just wants to be known as the, the, the woman who's running a racerhead press and, and putting out those good books in particular.
0: So I've got a question for you, Mr. Edler, since we're talking about the community in general and not specific books or authors, mm-hmm. um, every now and then through the social medias and, and the interwebs, And and, and this is I'm not trying to say by any means that this is something that's, you know, um, unique to the bizarro world. Um, But it seems like there's like some shit that goes down, you know, within the bizarro community, which to me kind of indicates that it's not just like um, as an outsider might think, oh, uh, it's such a small group that everybody just loves each other. Um every now and then it looks like shit goes down a little bit and so how does that do you keep that away from the content of your podcast or do you ever address some of the like little uh little factions that that are going against each other and stuff
1: my my policy towards that stuff has been to ignore it there's no good that can come of acknowledging any of it um like you said it it's not exclusive the drama shall we say the drama little uh explosions that happen fights that happen but yeah it's not at all exclusive to bizarro um i think i think what happens when it happens in the bizarro circles is that it is a smaller group and a and a you know like i said a tight knit group anybody who's in within following it all knows everybody so uh but like you said it's also something that is big and growing bigger And that's part of the reason why these things, you know, eventually somebody's not going to like somebody. Somebody's not going to like something somebody says. And and that's exactly what's happening. in Bizarro, if you're seeing stuff boil over uh, in in recent times, that's exactly what's happening. Um, And it got to the point where actually um, Brian Keene, of all people, kind of stepped up and, and made an announcement. He was kind of dragged into it in his podcast, too. The Ugly Situation. But uh, he he made it, He got to the point where you know didn't specifically acknowledge stuff, but just made a statement saying, "Look, Bizarro, you're 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 bigger than you are now. You're not this small little cult thing anymore. And and this is happening. And and you know you have to uh, accept the fact that there's going to be people." that you don't get along with and all that. And, and it's it's okay and, and it's big enough now that everybody can have their own sandbox, so to speak. And and I thought that was a brilliant statement on Brian Keene's part to to say that. And I think when he did make that statement, it it kinda helped calm things down for a while and, and put a lot of things into perspective that people got real emotional for a while there over over the stuff that was happening. And that that really that really settle everybody down and put it all into perspective and saying, yeah, we, we, we're not going to it's too big now. We're not all going to like each other. But by and large, everything's good feeling. But occasionally these things are going to happen and they're still happening and they're going to happen. Uh, my policy on the, even though I'm doing the Bizarro podcast, is, is just not to acknowledge this stuff. There's no there's no good that can come of it other than it's just going to be, you know, muckraking junk. And that's not really how I want to present the genre so i just i do not acknowledge it on the podcast
2: i do want to commend um mr frank as he's referred to on his podcast which i have a question about too but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit um not that long ago you had kevin strange on which i thought was a very commendable thing to do and i say that not knowing what his situation was but but he definitely was at least one of these situations And I think you kind of acknowledged on the podcast that, like, I'm doing this. I don't know if I'm going to lose a bunch of listeners over it, but I want to commend you for having somebody on who uh, maybe had a different point of view from everybody else and was basically, I mean, from what I'm seeing, and I'm not really part of the Bizarro community, was pretty much ousted from that core group of of Bizarro authors. So I just want to say it's commendable, and I think that, you know your statement about not being involved in keeping it about the 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 writing and the craft and stuff is is proven by the fact that you had on somebody who was really at the center of of a lot of this stuff just a few months ago.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, Kevin is somebody who I've always admired for his his work. You know his writing work, and he started Strange House Books, which was sort of a it became like a, a secondary. To what a racerhead is for Bizarro, that was a, you know, a strange house and a couple others sort of became the minor leagues, the stepping stone up to getting into a racerhead. And I thought he started a great press. I enjoy his his ideas and his stories. And um, you know, he put all that aside. He just wanted to focus on writing and everything. And I've always had him on the show to talk about all that stuff. He he had one point uh, went out to Portland and and shut himself in a hotel room with Carlton Mellick for a weekend, and they both you know, spit out a book in the course of three days, four days, whatever it was. And I had him on the show to talk about that. But yes, he also <laughs> just has a big gap of opinion on a great many things. Um, and and he upset people by what he was saying a great deal. Um, and, and when he was in the in the thick of upsetting everybody, I just, again, I just did not acknowledge it on the show and didn't approach him but i thought like that kind of stuff had calmed down for a while and he was looking to come on the show he just had a new book out and i i came to him and i said look you know i i know you're doing this thing and you're you're putting your opinions out there and i know your opinions sour people a great deal but i said i'll i'll, I'll be more than happy to have you on the podcast but we're going to talk about writing stuff i don't i don't really necessarily care about your politics And I don't care to discuss them. So if you don't have a problem with that, we can come on the show and and, and you can talk about, you know, writing and and all that stuff. And he was agreeable to it. And it was sort of funny because, you know, he he says it himself on his own podcast. Everybody hates him, but they all listen. And it's so true because one of the most listened to podcasts I had was (laughs) the one where I had him on after he ticked everybody off. And uh, (laughs) the feedback I got was everybody was disappointed that he didn't start shit up so <laughs> yeah you know all right it was, I,
0: was it was dispo- I was a little disappointed too just so you,
1: yeah know. well there you go
0: <laughs> but it speaks to kind of like i guess i guess in this situation as podcasters you could call it journalistic integrity to not exclude someone just because you don't want to you know like um ruffle feathers um but at the same time not have someone on just to start start up some trouble like uh you you know that's i think that's the right approach and i think i can't remember a specific situation but livius and i have had those types of conversations where it's like well do we do we even want to have this person on because of all this stuff that's going on and then we basically make the decision based on you know would we otherwise yes all right let's do that we'll just keep it focused on what we you know would talk about anyway
1: yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's, you know, going circling back to the, the, the network aspect of it, too, uh, you know, the guy who runs the network, he probably, if I told him in, in advance I was going to have Kevin Strange on, he probably would have frowned upon me doing that. Uh, I don't know whether he outright would have said no, but he probably would have tried to talk me out of it. So I did not tell him, you know, the, the guy who runs the network, I didn't tell him I was going to have Kevin Strange on, and normally when I have when i release an episode i you know post on facebook twitter the links i didn't post link one for that kevin strange interview and it still managed to be one of the most listened to episodes of any of the shows i've ever put out and that's without a single link being put out by me for the show
2: so i know uh, milo yennonopoulos is looking to do interviews for his book which might be considered bizarro by some uh by some people uh, so uh, maybe, maybe that's who you want to have on next
1: I don't know that I'd qualify that as Bizarro I mean that would have to be a qualification <laughs> first I'm and waiting foremost. for
0: a zany sound effect
1: I would <laughs> uh, if I could find the angle to do it uh, I'm sure the Project Entertainment Network would enjoy uh, the influx of listeners <laughs> to that show
2: <laughs> alright let's talk about a guy who does write some pretty weird shit um, Frank Edler uh, it's been three weeks now, a month since, uh, Brats in Hell came out, which every time I see, I still want to think it's Brats in Hell and I know it's not, but I can't help myself for
1: some I, reason. I pronounce it Brats in Hell, yeah.
0: Oh, well,
2: there you go. Oh, well, that oh, cause you're from New Jersey. So for you, a brat can either be the kid next door or yeah, something you put in your mouth or both for that matter. Yeah.
1: I say bratwurst, yeah. Whoa. I don't really get the brat. I do say so, brat though. Tell us a little bit about that book. Oh, well, that book has is, is been a, a long time coming. I actually wrote that way back in 2014. I couldn't tell you where the idea came from, but the basic idea of the book is that there's a, a gentleman by the name of Otto Vandernoodle, who's the bratwurst king of Wisconsin, and uh, he, he wins a, a like Food Network-type competition at a state fair. Actually, he, he beats the, the darling star of the Food Network, at this competition, a guy who's, who gets very sour because he's just so popular and smug and a big celebrity guy. He gets so sour that he winds up killing Otto and then in the process gets himself killed uh, by the police for killing Otto. And they both find themselves at the gates of heaven in line and through an argument they have, uh, Otto accidentally winds up in hell and the Food Network guy winds up in heaven. Now, what happens now is in hell, uh, he kind of, since he's just this jolly guy who doesn't really belong there, uh, when, you, when you come into hell, you fall into this pit, uh, and all the, all the lost souls, all the damned souls are, are cast into this pit, and, and, and the demons of hell stand around the pit, and they sort of, <laughs> you, you find yourself being, you know, picked for the world's biggest game of dodgeball type of thing. It's a big draft, and these demons are picking out souls. Uh, for their particular circles of hell, it's it's almost like baseball teams, right? So they're and each each circle of hell is a different, you know, gluttony, a difference in, and all that. And so they're trying to pick out people that best represent their circles. Everybody gets picked for, except for Otto, because he's flying under the radar. Nobody even notices this good soul in the pit until uh, after everything's said and done. <laughs> some scummy little demons just kind of find him hiding in the corner and bring him back home as a pet. And it turns out these demons are, are friends with uh, the brother of Satan, Satan's brother, whose name is Dagobert. And Dagobert is kind of, you find out, he's just been, he's like the family outcast. He's been cast aside. He's, you know, his brother's the head of things. And I guess uh, he he finds uh, Otto. And what you also come to find out is that the demons in hell are being controlled by bratwursts you would think it was satan but what satan is doing is he's, he's come up with a delicious recipe for bratwursts that keeps all the demons in hell in line they're so focused on getting more and more bratwurst that's that's all they want to do is get bratwurst and torture souls and then when they are done torturing souls we got to go get more bratwursts so um what happens is a power struggle ensues dagobert wants the throne of hell he feels like he's been usurped uh, as, as the, the proper Satan by his brother, and he uses Otto, who happens to be the Bratwurst king of Wisconsin, and has a really good recipe of Bratwurst, uh, where they find out that the demons are going like 20 times more gaga over Otto's Bratwurst than, than Satan's, and uh, Dagobert uses those Bratwurst to uh, force a power struggle for hell.
0: Two two very distinct reactions to, to uh what you're saying. First of all, I, I I have a suspicion that you're gonna be real disappointed when you actually get to hell.
1: Mm-hmm. No, not 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 my hell. My hell's fine.
0: I mean well that's what alright, you kinda <laughs> killed my joke. That's fine. Um <laughs> and, and then the other one was um did you get, did you get like a product endorsement deal with like Johnsonville or anything? Cause otherwise I think you really kind of missed out on an opportunity.
1: I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit of small potatoes to get that, but I'm not against it. You know, there's still time.
2: <laughs> there is always still time. What's the reception been for, for your news book?
1: Uh, so far so good. Um, good. uh, I, I just sold it, you know, in, in front of a big audience, scares of care. That was uh, the most sold book there. Um, a recent uh, book review, horror review outlet did a review on it and was uh, impressed by uh, my ability to write a novel around the concept of Brats in Hell. It seems like it's a short story fodder. I've heard that several times, and, and it's kind of like, wow, you can make... The guy who edited the book was like, I can't believe you you made this 60,000-word not novel. I can't believe you, you made this concept work that long. And uh, the other thing was uh, the... Uh, dedication of the book never ever have i before seen a dedication brought up in a book review before and that is because i dedicate brats and hell to debbie gibson an american treasure
2: uh that might be the first book dedicated to debbie gibson I, I don't we don't actually have fact checkers so i'm gonna go with it i think that's the first one right
1: that would be criminal if it is
2: i'll, I'll give it to him <laughs> <laughs> um it definitely sounds uh like a wild ride like You're going, and I was like, all right, this guy's in hell, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, all the demons are controlled by brats, and that's that's just absolutely bizarre. But that's what this is all about, right? Bizarre fiction, just telling a story that's unique in scope, right? I mean, that's really what Bizarro kind of comes down to.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a brother versus brother sort of, you know, power struggle type of story at its heart. But we're telling it with demons and bratwursts. And you got the secondary story, you know, I didn't even bring it up, the secondary storyline that runs through with the, the guy who went to heaven, you know, that's a problem too. He's this bad guy and amongst all these people who are just happy-go-lucky having fun. So there's, there's that aspect of the story that also happens and eventually comes to a head at the end.
2: All right, back to, back to my real question. How the hell did you guys come up with having Mr. in front of your names? Back during books, beer, and bullshit, because that has followed you onto Bazong, where yeah. guests yeah. and you refer to yourself as Mister Frank.
1: I I do. It's it's I still do it just out of habit from the 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 books, beer, and bullshit days. It started on the books, beer, and bullshit podcast. Um, I you know, we didn't know what the heck we we're doing, young podcasting, what the hell. Uh, basically, we were doing a podcast called Books, Beer, and Bullshit, and speaking freely about. Gross things, any, you know, just shooting the shit. And something maybe not necessarily where we wanted to attach our names to readily. So, um my co host has a federal job, I'll put it that way. And uh, my job, not that much. But it was just like a sort of anonymity thing. Just a, not that you couldn't have done a small amount of digging and figured out who we were. But it was just a, initially started as just a sort of anonymity thing. Like just simple Mr. Jeff, Mr. Frank. Uh, just to give ourselves some names um, and uh, just quick anonymity. Uh, we weren't really, we knew we weren't hiding anything, but that's it. And then it just, it just. Stuck. I love
2: it, by the way. I don't want you to think like I'm questioning it as no, a concept. Uh, every time I hear it, I'm like, I don't know that Mr. Olivia sounds right, but God damn it. I'm a little bit envious.
1: Every, it, it, I don't know. It must roll off the tongue or something. I just, like I said, when I picked up Bazong, uh, just uh, still Mr. Frank, you know, I just it sort of had that identity, in podcasting circles, and I figured a lot of my listeners were going to come from there, so I just continued with the Mister Frank, and it's it's gotten to the point where, uh, just recently, I was at a convention and people I had no idea, never met before in my life, were walking up to my table and going, "Mister Frank," right? And I'm like, "Well, I guess you listen to the podcast because that's the only reason why anybody would call me Mister Frank." So I guess it's it's sort of a just a moniker that's stuck in 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 that way.
2: It's weird, right? Having people you don't know recognize you from your podcast,
1: right? It really is. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, I went to Scares of Care, and I was sitting in on somebody else's podcast, and we we're just going around the room and in, in, introducing ourselves. And I'm like, oh, Mr. Frank, do the bizarre podcast. And this woman sitting next to me, you could see her like, pop up like you know jack-in-the-box like, oh my god it's mr frank and you see you're like talking to her husband it's mr frank I'm like is this woman for serious and i'm like you know i don't think nothing of it obviously because there's nothing to think of it but it, it is it it's it's people as you know i mean nobody really gives you any kind of feedback nobody's everybody listening to you doesn't like immediately email you and tell you what the show it's, it's few and far between so when i got out to these conventions. Uh, you're starting to see these people who you don't know exist in, until they walk up to you and go, Mr. Frank. And like, holy shit, there's people listening.
2: Yeah, I think it's weird. I mean, thank God for numbers because I, I don't know how we would know anybody's listening because the, at least, and maybe this is just book related podcasts. I don't know how this works for anybody else, but yeah, I, every once in a while, you know, someone will hit you up on Twitter with something. You'll be like, hey, cool. I have no idea who this person is, but you know, there are a lot. You know, relatively speaking, a lot of people listening. But yeah, it's it's a very, it's a one-way street, and I I would love to figure out a way to change that. I would love some some listener feedback and and input. But um, even just trying to give something away, you know, you know how many listeners you have, and you get like two entries trying to give something away, and it's it's a little disappointing on this end of the mic sometimes.
1: Yeah, it is. I I, you know, when we first started the books of beer and bullshit, I you thought you know like you're seeing the numbers, and that those numbers were not really. That big, but still, you know, say it's a hundred that you were seeing, and you're expecting seventy-five people are going to be t- no, but n- not even one, you know, and you're like, how can this be? There's, I see the numbers, and and there's nobody. I'm I'm trying to get feedback. I'm begging for it on the, and we just eventually doing books of your bullshit came to a place well like, obviously we're not gonna keep begging for for any kind of feedback, and and that's really probably when we kicked into gear and just like, well. <laughs> We're talking to ourselves, and let's just have fun. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of glad that I got that mentality early uh, doing that, that podcast because had I brought it to Bazong, I, I don't know that I would have continued to, to do it, not knowing because when I first started Bazong, somebody else was running the network. It was a slightly different name, and, and that gentleman who was running, he didn't tell anybody what their numbers were. And then when he told you something, it was so vague and far off base um, from what the reality was uh, that I really would have been flying blind and feeling like I don't know nobody's going to be listening to this, and maybe I'd quit. So I'm glad I had a early eye opening as to nobody's uh, nobody's talking to you. I guess because my my podcast <laughs> listening experience. I'm in my car, you know, and I'm listening to and from work and. You know, people may be rattling off links or do this and do that. Well, you know, by the time you get home or, or to a computer where you can, it's it's gone. So, I think it's the immediacy of of internet radio. Unless you're in front of a, a computer, it's kind of hard to to remember. It's your do that.
2: Yeah. your burning podcast to a CD to listen to in your car, right?
1: Oh my God, I remember. Well, not not quite that bad, but definitely like downloading onto my MP3 player. That's how. <laughs> Early, I was listening. Nothing, like, streamed through my phone. I had an MP3 player. I had to download each and every night. Episodes of booked.
0: The flip side of that is that for the average person listening to podcasts, how often do you interact with the hosts of a podcast that you listen to? Like, I can tell you that aside from people who I actually know, I think Jeffrey Craner is the only time we've talked to a podcaster that, you know what I'm saying, that we would even consider listening to. So I think it's just not... It, it it doesn't lend itself to being an interactive kind of medium.
1: Yeah. Well, you never, you know, when it was just terrestrial radio, did you call up the morning zoo and let them know how much you thought? You know, that that's a rarity. So,
0: first time caller, long time listener. Yeah. I mean, that's your second. Like he he's leading you in twice now, Olivia. He's given you all I the know, opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh- so for
2: anybody that's listening, we're using a um, we're using a, a platform that we used before, um, but now they have introduced this super cool stuff on here where you have these little like you can upload your own like MP3s or you can do stuff like this. And I have been threatening this um, since we started, like uh, including the intro music. So I've, I've tried to back off a little bit because it's not us, but I thought it might be fun for this episode. Where would you like Bazong to be? I mean, like, what's your what's your vision for Bazong? Like, Rob and I spent some time actually last night. This will surprise listeners that know us really well. Like, we set some goals, which is a weird thing to do for us because usually we're like, meh, whatever. We love what we're doing, and we know there's people that love what we're doing, and like, we're cool with that. What's your what's your goal for Bazong?
1: That's a good question because I don't know that I've ever really considered what my goal for Bazong is. Um, In a lot of ways, I think I've already surpassed what I. Maybe initially figured it would be um I certainly would like to make my presence at Bizarro con uh, you know it's it's not out of the question this year, but as I continue to use time in my in my day job it's it's time it's fading fast <laughs> the opportunity so um, I, I think that's gonna be a big thing making an appearance at at Bizarro con and doing doing some kind of big show there but you know like I said, it's it's a niche sort of category to be podcasting in, and I, I guess ultimately it would be great if I could continue to attract outsiders into it. I think that's the hardest part in Bizarro, even writing it is is trying to convince somebody new to uh, to read it, and that's part of the reason why I started the podcast was to help, you know, not only. Bringing those who already know about it, but to to bring new people in. So if I can continue, I can I can say this for certain since the the network is is now under uh, Project Entertainment Network. I know what my numbers are. I know I know the demographics and everything. And it, at least since I think the changeover was in December, at least since December, every month uh, my listeners have increased every single month, and you know to one degree or another. So the continued growth. Is something I would hope, down the line, little by little, will translate into new readers of Bizarro. I guess that's ultimately the goal of the podcast. All
2: right, enough Frank Edler. See, I know Frank offline. Frank and I, and it hasn't happened for a while. But we have like these late night internet chats to like two in the morning, which is even later for for him on the on the East Coast. So uh, we're gonna bring it back to a little bit of interluding. Frank, you and I have never talked about what do you watch on TV, man.
1: I, I I'm not like a crazy TV watcher. I, I I watch The Walking Dead. I'm not everybody else, I'm I'm still into it. Um sure it was better in the beginning, but I'm still into the whole storyline. Uh so I like that. I like impractical jokers because it's the only show on the true T V network. Um what else do I watch? It's like what do I record? <laughs> so few shows. Really, I, I always have this conversation with my wife about, you know, quote, unquote, cutting the cord, getting rid of the cable. Um, I'm a big hockey fan. I love the New Jersey Devils. And if it were not for that, I would have no problem cutting the cord and just streaming shit off of Netflix and Amazon. I, there's not a lot. You know, everybody wants to talk to me about Game of Thrones. I don't watch Game of Thrones. You know, it would break Breaking Bad. I love I'd never got into Breaking Bad. I tried. couldn't do it. But I love Better Call Saul. I got into that, and I'm sure there's a million Easter eggs and all these things that are just flying past me because I haven't watched Breaking Bad, but I love Better Call Saul. I do watch that. And uh, um, even now there's people bugging me, telling me i got to watch Preacher. And, you know, I do want to watch Preacher, but just doing all of that. I'm, I'm, i i got to write every night. i got to do podcasts. don't have a lot of time for, for TV, so I don't find myself into a lot of them i know you guys are probably setting me up for asking me about the view and i've listened to the shows but i don't i don't watch twin peaks so it's hard for me to like
2: yeah don't listen to the view if you don't watch twin peaks it just it's a goddamn mess if you don't follow
1: the show <laughs> I'm for, I, something I, I do watch
0: i figured livius was trying to hook you into like watching k-dramas with him like you could start another podcast with him where you talk about the k-dramas
1: you watch what's it That I like Train to on oh we can talk about train to Busan.
2: Okay, so yeah, Train to Busan. So here is the interesting thing about now. Now, Rob's the one who brought it up. I just want to point this out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a glutton for punishment tonight. <laughs> are, are just a lot, um, a lot lighter hearted than like Korean movies. Korean movies are some hardcore shit. Train to Busan was fucking wonderful. Yeah. Um K okay dramas are a lot more uh chicky kind of like comedy like like romantic comedies mostly at least the, the ones that i've been exposed to and, and i think they're wonderful
1: i think they, they uh, <laughs> bathtubs pouring food all over themselves
2: um no that i know no i know what you're talking about though showry has been uh other than a video that, that never mind we're, we're completely off the path <laughs> of, of, of things. Uh, let me go this route um rob are you all caught up on game of thrones wait are you being serious <laughs> sorry it's he said ah, i don't watch i don't watch game of thrones so i throw out there rob uh, not a fan of game of thrones either about game of thrones but hey, rob remember is that a... time we ditched george rr R. martin oh did we even talk about that on the, i don't think we've actually talked about that on the podcast is this is know. is this something we should talk about
0: I mean, well, I think that we, we vague, we vague casted it because it was more, it, it more, we didn't really ditch George R. R. Martin. We were poorly scheduled to, to meet with George R. R. Martin, but um, it sounds cooler when you're like, yeah, I ditched George R. R. Martin.
2: The saddest I am about this is that I thought we had the perfect questions for him. Like, I'm so proud of the questions we submitted for George R. R. Martin. The fact that we did not get to ask them is what bothers me the most.
0: Why don't we just I mean, we got Frank here. We can just ask him the questions. <laughs> just ask him a bunch of questions. Just vent for George R. Martin. Yeah. I don't know awesome. if we have those questions anymore, but
2: I I'm mean. sure they're in an email somewhere. Any rate. Rob though is a fan of Preacher. And Frank, yes, you should probably watch Preacher. I think it would be right up your alley, man.
1: Yeah, I have to I have to make the effort now to watch the, the first season. <laughs> uh you know, to to get into the show. I'm told you can't get into the second season without getting all the setup of the first.
2: I think that's most TV nowadays. I don't think TV lends itself. Eh, there is some that but I think most of it isn't really episodic. I think a lot of it carries heavier at least the better ones carry heavier storylines and you kind of got to be in from the word go, I think.
1: That's well, what I, you guys get gonna... like getting into shows on on Netflix or Amazon. You can it's easy to go back if you didn't get into it and and catch up at your own leisure. But these shows on television, you know, if I wasn't on board, now you gotta figure out where to stream and all that it seems like a big effort.
2: Um, Hulu has season one of Preacher. Pretty sure they do. Rob confirmation on this?
0: I believe they do. Um Hulu just did this weird thing with HBO where you can like pay more for Hulu and get access to HBO shows too. That's kind of weird. I think I saw something about that, but I believe, yeah, they have Preacher.
1: I don't have Hulu. <laughs> <sighs>
0: that's that's my soft verification i didn't i don't have any facts to back that up like i
2: said we have no fact checkers so we just go with whatever we think that's all of our yeah
0: all of our interns and um helper people they just kind of fade away over time so we're stuck on our own uninformed still having to like put out content so it's just less reliable content that's where we're at Frank, have you ever had a goddamn intern for a podcast?
1: You know, I was just about to say, rethinking the whole goals thing, I think I want Bazong to become big enough where I, it warrants having an intern. I've said that in books, Beer, and Bullshit, and I say it on Bazong, and I'm sure you're echoing it with Booked. Uh, to be big enough to have somebody who can sit there and Google at will for you would be a treasure for a podcaster.
2: I wound up on the yeah. Fiverr website uh, like a week <laughs> ago. Are you guys familiar with us? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there are plenty of people who will edit your podcast and I really was seriously considering like taking that off of Rob's shoulders. But the turnaround time is like fucking shit. They're like, "Yeah, we'll have it done in like 10 days." In 10 days. Like that's <laughs> no, we can't do that. And it would be more than 5 bucks, too, but I was seriously considering um uh, shuffling some podcast funds into having somebody edit. And having someone live fact check us is horrifying cuz I'm probably a lot like the current president. I I say things and I say them with conviction but they're, they're not always really that accurate.
1: I've heard bad stories about hiring people through Fiverr. Obviously writing, you know, there are people saying, "Oh, get your you can get people to do your editing on on Fiverr. You can get people to do your covers on Fiverr. Any any aspect of writing, somebody on Fiverr will do it." And it seems like you're asking somebody in Japan who has zero command of the English language to. I edit you book for you, yeah. or you're gonna <laughs> pay. You know, it's never five dollars, neither. Obviously, you know, for cover art, and it's it's just this disaster of clip art from, you know, poorly photoshopped, and you know, I've heard a lot of bad stories about Fiverr. I'm sure it translates over to podcasting as well.
2: Instead, another this is I think our third podcast idea for this episode. I mean, if you're an aspiring podcaster we're throwing out goddamn gold here, what yeah, if you had a podcast where every week you got the five dollar version from somebody on Fiverr and just reviewed what you got?
1: <laughs> Some pay somebody five dollars, get five dollars worth of editing, and that's your show,
2: yeah, pretty much, but uh, but like so we go okay, so we we approach this guy who would do a book cover for five bucks. Here's the book cover. Here's what we're seeing, you know, and, and just reviewing stuff on Fiverr.
1: I'll tell you what, that, that could work, and it could be fun because there are so many services available on Fiverr. You, you would have tons of inf- material to work with, and I'm sure a lot of it would really be golden. You might have to do, like, a, a video, a YouTube channel thing because I'm sure a lot of it will have to be visual. Did
0: Livius, yeah, we talk cool. about my, um, my recent um, idea that had to do with stock photography? Do we talk about that on uh, the podcast? We, we
2: did on booked live, but we could talk uh, about it again.
0: <laughs> no, it's cool. I just didn't remember if we talked about it. Um I'm still in love with that one. I actually was scrolling through the front page of Reddit the other day and um I can't remember what it oh, there was like a picture of a dude like at a urinal. This was like a Getty Images kind of like, you know, uh watermarked photos, a dude standing at a urinal and like the, obviously the camera's behind him. And then the dude next to him is, like, kind of crouched over looking directly at the guy's, like, crotch with, like, a big surprised look on his face. And the the caption for the post was, how is this a stock photo? So, it's out there. The idea is out there.
2: I'm not going to go into a really long story about this, but that that exact thing happened to me once.
0: You looked at some guy's crotch in a bathroom with a surprised look (laughs) on your face?
2: That didn't happen once. That happens frequently. Uh, I was on the receiving end of that uh, a number of years ago while I was uh, in, the, in the bathroom at the Harlem Irving Plaza, Rob, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh, the hip? Yeah, at the hip. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if it's nice. <laughs> I don't, don't know. Like, there's a guy. Yeah, it was just, it was a really weird. And before I, I reacted to this, and before I could even zip up my pants, that guy like disappeared, like like in a movie. Like I came out of the bathroom and looked both ways, and there's nowhere he could have gone. He was just gone.
0: So. Wait, why were you following Emily? Like, what was the fault? Follow- <laughs> it
2: was weird, and I was like,
0: "What was the what plan?" The fu- so I
2: was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he like jetted, like he couldn't have even been urinating. Like he turned around, like walked right out. So I don't know if he thought that was some kind of weird gay pickup spot, and I say that because Harlem Irving Plaza in you know 1995 or whatever year that was—I mean, it's it's been a while—was your really kind of straight-laced suburban neighborhood. So yeah, he was he was a little out of place. He was like a little uh, like an Asian guy. Like when I say little, he was short, <laughs> and maybe maybe I don't know. And when I say Asian, maybe like Vietnamese or Cambodian something like that. At any rate, yeah, that happened. So. I guess if I was trying to illustrate that that happened, I could buy that stock photo
0: now that I know that it exists. All right, Frank, bathroom penis looking. Any experiences?
1: Yeah, that's happened to me more than once. <laughs> I it just I, my I don't think it was any kind of a, a gay pickup, I don't think. I, my thing was I, I didn't do the looking. I was looked upon. I hadn't. One, you know, guy looked over and like nothing, and and another guy, <laughs> he looks over, and he goes, huh, nice, <laughs> and then same same thing. He zipped up and walked away. <laughs> but I think they were just drunken moments. I don't think there was any kind of like a, a gay thing going on with it. I don't know. It just, but uh, it's happened several times.
2: So, I... I'm pretty sure none of this has done anything for Rob's willingness to use public restrooms.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've got a real thing about that. I don't like to use public restrooms unless it's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I don't go. have a corresponding. Someone looked at me in a in a bathroom, like. But it's got to. If it
2: is like, if somebody's like broken into Rob's home,
0: like while he's in like, the yeah, washroom, like, like,
2: like that's even yeah. more horrifying story. Yeah,
0: you <laughs> essentially will have had to like install a camera in my bathroom. Um, but like, have you ever been to like the absolute horror like uh, of of Public restroom situations. Have you been to like one of the ballparks or or stadiums where there's like a uh, the trough?
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. Fog I'm sure that.
2: Frank goes to actual sporting events, right? I mean, I know you said you're a hockey fan, so I don't know if you're currently not currently like this moment pissing into a trough,
0: but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's still something. the way, I just
2: remember Wrigley Field was like that. I mean, I went to a few baseball yeah. games and stuff there when I was a kid. I think Soldier Field was like that. I didn't go there for football, but for soccer.
1: I used to I, when I was a kid. I went to a Catholic school in an ancient building, and they had one of those those urinals that was basically the whole wall. It wasn't; a, it was a single urinal, but it was you know like ten foot long from the floor up to about you know yeah. high, and it was for all intents and purposes a trough
0: nightmare. This is my nightmare. Well, you know, and, okay.
2: So here is the weird thing. So I go, yeah, it kind of makes me a little uncomfortable. But when when I was going to the gym, like I, I was okay at like just showering amongst other people but yeah when you put it in a bathroom situation i don't know if it's the urine that changes things i'm not sure what it is but it does seem a little weirder in a bathroom
0: everything's weirder in a bathroom (laughs) 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 i'm gonna find a way to edit that shit out
2: (laughs) you're lucky i didn't have time to load up a whole bunch of stuff because i could throw some shit like this in there
0: i'm worried about Livius.
2: see this is good stuff man (laughs) Uh, this is it this is our new platform
0: it's been nice having listeners. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
2: Before this gets too out of hand, Frank, what are you working on? I know you said you're writing all the time. What's what's the, the next thing we're going to see from Mr. Frank?
1: Uh, it's hard to say what the next thing will be exactly. I'm, I'm working on a couple of things. I had a few false darts and other stories, but uh, there's two things that look like they're going to be moving along. There is a a zombie story that I'm writing for some... Well, there is a reason for it, but it's it's a, an anti-zombie story. And... Um, there's also a killer brain story in the works.
2: Wait, hold on a second. Is it an anti zombie story where there's no apocalypse or anything, it's just people living their lives?
1: No, it's it's uh yeah. I, I bastardize every trope in the in I the, gotcha, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's, it's like, trying to think anti-zombie story is like a like a Mary Higgins Clark mystery.
0: <laughs> 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 I just I don't, I don't know. Keep right. keep reading. <laughs> Frank,
2: uh. tell people tell people where they could find Bazong and more about Frank Edler.
1: <laughs> well, you can find Bazong on the Project Entertainment Network. Search it out. It is available on iTunes. It's available on Stitcher. It's available on iHeartRadio and uh, and Google Play Radio everywhere. If you want to listen to a podcast, it's there. Just search Bazong uh, and, and you'll find it pretty easily. And myself, I I don't have a FrankEdler.com. I do, but whatever. Just find me on Twitter at NJ Metal or I'm on Facebook, of course.
2: All right. Before we go, Frank, throw us uh throw us one uh one uh chorus from one of your favorite hair band songs.
1: <laughs> I fuck like a beast.
2: There you go. That's gonna be that's
0: gonna be our, our intro for every episode from now on. Frank, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks so much for having me on.
0: All right, once again, always great to have Frank on the podcast um, to hear a little bit about uh, Bizarro, Bazong, and his bazooks. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> uh, that was the best You know what I, I didn't ask him? How he came up with that name. God damn it, can we get him back on? <laughs> <laughs> that's for uh, That'll have to be for next time, I think, when we do um, Bukong. Yeah. Bukong, that's yeah. what the next one's going to be called. Um, do we know what's next? I don't think we know what's next. Lazy Summer and Podcasting continues.
2: Right, so here's what you should do. Patreon.com slash booked. Go and contribute at least one dollar a month, and you'll get exclusive content several times a year, and you'll be supporting a great podcast. <laughs> yeah, All I've right, got to work yeah. on this. I got this is this got, I've got some work to do here. <laughs> Uh, Uh, Next week, the interludes continue trying to talk. Rob doesn't know this, but I'm going to try to talk him into another book live in the very near future. Um, I listened to that again. I actually watched. I mean, I had it on the YouTubes and uh, listened to it. Hey, actually, that was good. That was probably my favorite book live so far. I've heard very good things about it
0: from people. It's really
2: lengthy. Yeah, Yeah, it's over two hours. It is. There's a lot of length and girth to that one. So uh, if you haven't checked it out, please do so soon. And uh, next week, we'll have another interlude for you. Until next time, I'm Livius Nedden. And I'm Rob Olson.
1: God damn it. (laughs) Keep reading.